And today we've got a very special experience grind as we're gonna start not with our random bullshit as we usually do. Uh, we're actually joined by a very special guest today. Um, I'm kind of shocked we were able to get him to return. Um, after that first interview, I didn't think there was anything else that needed to be said. I thought it was perfect, but here we are. We're talking about another one of his movies. Please welcome Sylvester Stallone. How are you doing, sir? Uh, I, 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 you doing, man? I'm doing, uh, you pretty good. Yeah, just out in the garage, got a good pump on, you know, it's a good time. How you doing, buddy? I'm good. Are you doing good, buddy? I'm doing very good. I, I heard you talk about the pump on. Um, let's quickly talk about it. Um, for a lot of your movies, uh, last time we talked about Copland and how you really enjoyed eating the donuts and, and not working on your physical, I guess, acumen and getting your, your, uh, pump on, your pump on. Um, yeah, my, my pump on, <laughs> getting, getting the pump on, mm, yeah. For the, for the movie we're talking about tonight, Cliffhanger, uh, did you have to get your pump on for that one? You, you know, Ryan, as a, as a physically fit man, you have to get a pump on, you know, and, uh, uh you know, Cliffhanger is a challenge to me, so I, I've got a fear of heights, you know, and I, I go up the mountain, Sylvester, you get over the heights, you know, that's what you do. I can say, yeah, I get a pump on, because I got to climb, you know? Uh, all right, I've got a follow-up question. Between you and Michael Rooker, and you know what, we'll throw in John Lithgow, who was able to get more of a pump on? Uh, John Lithgow's an asshole, I tell you that, I swear, <laughs> it's just a little uh, Hollywood secret, uh, you know, he's a brick, but uh, he's a nice guy, he gets a good pump on, I, 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 yeah, Michael Rooker, you know, he, he had the hair, he, he, had, he had a good time, you know, he had a good leg pump, you know, Michael Rooker, he, 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 so that's just a load of that pump, come on, let me honest very nice. Uh, uh, let's keep it on cliffhanger. Uh, Mr. Stallone, how do you feel now 27 years after the movie looking back at it? Do you uh, do you look back at cliffhanger with fondness? Is it a, is it a bright spot in your filmography? It was a good day. You know, on a helicopter fly around, you know, you we got a pet a horse, that's pretty cool, yeah, yeah. It was like me, yeah, yeah. I drove a jeep, that's pretty cool, yeah. You could have had a pretty good time, yeah. It's a good time. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm not trying to laugh at you, Mr. Sloan. Um, uh, it's, it's a lifestyle, it's a good time, I know, it's entertaining. I, you want to live my life, kid, I get it, it's the load, <laughs> it's uh i keep thinking of that movie you were in that i can't think of the name of now the the movie with the one name it had one name oscar oscar that's what it was hey. oscar that's why i'm laughing i'm, I'm remembering your performance in oscar and how great you were there <laughs> I was a young poor kid I grew up with like Mel Brooks cartoon, Mel Blank, you know, Bugs Bunny. I was like, what the hell? I'm a cartoon, because I said, that's just a lot of y'all. I'm going to go pump on, and I want to be a cartoon. 
Very nice. Okay. Uh, well, Mr. Stallone, uh, do you have any closing thoughts uh, on Cliffhanger or anything else while we have you? No. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for your time. Uh, can we can we look forward to anything else from you coming out in the near future? Anything? I, I want to do shy. Splash? I want to remake Splash, the mermaid movie. I think that'd be a good time. I'll get a water, get a mermaid, get a little kiss for the Celeste. You know, I like to kiss the ladies. Okay, who who would be your who would be your mermaid in Splash, Mister Stallone? Meryl Streep. Okay, I I would love to see the marketing for that one. She's an Oscar-winning actress, you know. You gotta get an Oscar-winning actress to pull in the bus. That's how you get the movie made. You gotta grease the palm, yeah. That's true. That's how it works, kid. But, uh, hey, thank you guys for very much for having me on. It's a good time. I love you kids. Here's your good. I'm Sylvester Stallone. Hey, I'll get a pump on everybody. See you later. Oh, hey! What's up, Ryan? What? Did I miss anything? Oh my god, Kyle, you just missed it. I told you we were going to do the interview with Sylvester Stallone. How did you, you... You missed it. We just did 10 minutes with the guy. Oh man, I was like making a drink. I made... Uh, I, I, I didn't know the call was going to happen now. Uh, oh, buddy. I missed him. Buddy, <sighs> come on, man. Was it good? It... I mean... <laughs> it was okay, I guess. It's it was Sylvester, Sylvester like- Stallone. <laughs> I mean, I have to, I've been a, have I, me, like, I need subtitles. Yeah, I'm gonna need it. subtitles. <laughs> He's supposed to have an interpreter, but uh, I don't know. I, mean, I guess he missed the call too. So yeah, yeah. What are you gonna do? Hey, man, maybe next time. Yeah, uh, he I did, hope that you know he did talk a lot about getting his pump on. <laughs> oh well, that's good. You know, it's good to stay in shape. You know, He's we're very all, concerned. We're all getting older. You know, you gotta you gotta stay in shape. I guess. All right. It's a good All message. Right. It's a <laughs> hashtag. I'm sorry I missed it though, man. But uh, I'm glad that uh, the listening audience, you know, they get privileged to these fantastic celebrity interviews that you can only get here on our show. I'm just sad I missed it, but hopefully uh, they get to to listen to it. I'm glad that that happens. Darn. <laughs> well, right. I know you talked to Sylvester Stallone because we're talking about a Sylvester Stallone movie today. Why are. are we talking about a Sylvester Stallone movie today? This is a good question. Uh, is this because it is Action Movie December? Yeah, I guess sort of just decided this year. It slowly morphed into this. Uh, it did. Um, it's definitely something we didn't plan originally. Uh, but I think it's something that would work out well. We've already been doing Die Hard for Christmas mm-hmm. for the last two years. Last year we did Die Hard 2, Die Harder. And mm-hmm. this year we'll be doing Die Hard with a Vengeance. Yeah. So to accompany that, I thought, I you thought, I don't know who thought. One of us did. I don't know who does things anymore. This show is an amorphous blob <laughs> of just ideas and cringe uh-huh. and, oh, it's, it's a mess, really, folks. It's like <laughs> a deformed Captain Planet. Combined with all of our parts of (laughs) shit and just horrible ideas and it's just like on life support asking to be dead, but we we won't let it. 
It's that ball of critters in Critters 2 Ooh. that just rolls around consuming everything in its I path. I like that. Of, yeah. And like a just wanton destruction. That's accurately fair, I yeah. feel, of the show. Yeah, yeah. And the the horrible uh, two-headed person from The Thing that are slowly merging and it's just this yeah. goddamn monstrosity that needs to be burned. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. us! Yeah. And it makes the <laughs> worst sound ever heard by man. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. And that sound is uh, so our yeah. podcast. Welcome, guys. <laughs> we just decided, let's talk about action movies now for December, because I felt, I don't know. It originally started as a protest against Christmas movies because of Die Hard, and I feel it yep. still is sort of a protest against Christmas movies, which you would expect to be done around this time of year. There are a shitload of them. Um but I don't ever want to do that, I feel. I don't right? ever want a holiday month for any holiday. No. Yeah. Outside of Brooks-tober, which celebrates our good buddy Brooks, not some yeah. other ridiculous elaborate holiday. It's about And also, Brooks. they're not Halloween movies. It's just horror stuff. So, it's it's yeah. a huge open field. We didn't limit mm-hmm. ourselves. I just... Holidays are so limiting. Especially mm-hmm. if you do a Christmas, like, quickly, quickly, you get into Hallmark territory, and then Oof. that's no fun. No. Mm-mm. I know people that, like, willingly watch those every day. Oof. There's like a Hallmark Christmas movie every day up until Christmas in December. Does Hallmark have their own streaming network yet? Hallmark Plus? I don't know. I don't know if, I'm sure they, they might. They have their own channel, of course, that they release. All the, they have to have some sort of streaming thing. I just found out Discovery Channel has their own streaming service. So I would bet Lifetime does. Hmm. I would, I I would, would put imagine. money on it. Yeah, I don't know, though, but... That's, yeah, yeah, there sure are people who would pay for that if it doesn't exist. Line, yeah, for just that, and they would watch nothing but, the, I who am I judging? Oof. I watch The Office on repeat. <laughs> it is, it is, it's, it's, it's the, it's the, everybody has their own brand of comfort, and that's what it boils down to. As you look at people and their tastes and, and their hobbies and what they do, everybody has their specific brand of comfort that, that they like to stay in, and then they stay in that lane until they die. As I try to stress to a lot on this show, different strokes, different folks. Mm-hmm. Holiday movies don't fucking work for me on that level. It's I like true. some and my select few. It's fine, man. I don't want to take that away from somebody that does enjoy that. There's obviously yeah. a market for it. There's obviously people that do enjoy it. Cool, man. Yeah. And 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 to add to it, there's probably a podcast with people who love that shit who would love to talk about it. You don't want to hear a bunch of grump asses talking about something they're not enjoying. It's not fun. Yeah. As somebody who's grump ass half the time, it's not fun for anybody. Exhibit A. <laughs> My life um. in this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Holy shit. Ah, <laughs> uh, man, no. So, yeah, originally you and I both picked out movies, but then uh, off camera behind scenes. You actually gave up your choice after it had been decided mm-hmm. uh, to have, uh, I think we're going to have guests on the rest of the month. Surprise, everybody. Mm-hmm. Be ready for that. Obviously, Michael for Die Hard. Die Hard 3 with a vengeance. It's not Die Hard 3. It's Die Hard with a vengeance. I uh, like the correction. I was going to do it, but I'm glad you did. <laughs> I caught it. I caught it. And then, uh, so up next, after we talk about Cliffhanger... We at the other biggest action star of all time, 
we move on from Sylvester Stallone to Arnold Schwarzenegger in Predator with our good buddy, Brian Betts from uh, the Caped Podcasters. Somebody we've not had on yet who, uh, kind of a travesty that's not been on yet. I love Brian Betts. So it'll be good to have him on. Brian Betts, good people. If you're not familiar with him from this podcast yet, you may have seen him recently on the 24-hour stream. He was there this year. He did. He came and hung out. It was Mm -hmm. a good time. And then we're also doing uh, Bloodsport with our good buddy Ooh. Phil. So, yes. Yeah. It is Who you might remember for uh, giving us the very worst movies for Sonar September movie every year. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Two years. He's, uh, he's got a good title going there. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and feel like he's doing way better in the action movie category than he is in the Stoner movie. I uh, yeah yeah but I haven't yeah. seen Bloodsport in a long ass time so I mean I imagine it's going to be cheesy and stupid but not insulting and boring. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it might be a little insulting, but it's not going to be boring. I guarantee you. I do not believe it will be boring in any regard. No. And Ryan, speaking of boring or not boring, <gasps> what? I'm going to leave you. Dangling <gasps> on the edge, you're going to be hanging from this cliff. Oh, no. Too bad I just dun, lotioned dun, my hands. Dun. Too bad you just lotioned your hands? Yeah, they're all slick. Okay. We'll bring that up. Uh, also, <laughs> another fun fact. The models that Sylvester Stallone was dating while shooting this movie apparently <laughs> complained that his hands were becoming too rough from all the climbing when he touched their soft model skin. So that's oh my god, that's like the dumbest piece of information a celebrity would give on like a Jay Leno talk show. Yeah, what I was saying was my girlfriend, I went to go touch her, and then she was like, Oh baby, your heads are too tough. And that's how you know I was really taking the role seriously. I also it's, really appreciate the fact that my wife is on a Zoom call right now with with I don't know who, but like certainly more okay. professional than whatever this is. Mm-hmm. What? <laughs> and Two Sylvester Stallone's <laughs> interviewing each other, and I hope it's infinity, taken as Sylvester Stallone spiral. <laughs> it just becomes it's it's the uh, what do you what's the it's the Fibonacci sequence of Sylvester Stallone's. <laughs> <laughs> it just keeps going. Uh-huh. It's it's Stallone's all the way down. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Fucking cliffhanger, man. I guess yep. let's start. Have you ever seen Cliffhanger before? I feel like I have seen pieces of it. Uh-huh. Uh, I have not seen... I don't think I've seen Cliffhanger from start to finish before in my life. If I have, it was very early on and I do not remember it. Um, I probably remember mostly just the opening. The opening scene is all I remember. And maybe it's because it was uh, parodied by Ace Ventura and the second Ace one. Ventura and a but lot like of that, that first yeah. that first scene, I remember so, so vividly. And then everything else is a blur. So if I did, I don't remember it. But I know for sure I've seen pieces of it, this movie several times. All right. Well, let's uh, I'll say where I saw it and then let's focus on the real meat of what you just said. And it is that opening scene. OK. Um, 
But yeah, I saw this movie in theaters as a small boy. I was dragged uh, by my father on one of the weekends that I was spending with him. And I remember not wanting to see this movie at all. I didn't fucking care about it. I was a young kid. And then, like, in the theater, just being like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> so flipped out at all times. It was so fucking crazy. And I don't know, this movie burned into my mind. And I don't think outside of that time, similar to you, I've not seen this movie the entire way through outside of, like, catching things here and there on TV over the past decade or whatever that it's been since it's released i think this was 93 yep right yeah okay so yeah it's been like two decades and some change now at this point so um but yeah <clears throat> obviously like you said that opening scene it was parodied by ace ventura uh i don't know man it was weird i felt like that scene still really fucking affected me watching it this last time like I was nervous as shit. Um, <clears throat> I was too, though. <clears throat> it is, I don't know if it's because I live with Laura, um, who is somebody who does caving stuff and uses equipment and gear and things. But there were a few signs early on where it's like, oh, okay, so this is a movie. And I have to, I have to really just take it as like, this is a movie. Because the whole scenario of the way her her carabiner oh, so... and strap that breaks and it is it's like a final destination kill. It's like yeah. death is like out for this fucking woman and is like snapping the shit in the most ridiculous way, and and that took me out a little bit. Really? Because that see, to took me, me I out think as soon as like it got kind of like over the top. I was like, okay. And then I was not as like tense or nervous because I was like, oh, so we're just in Hollywood land. And then, sure enough, like, a lot of the rest of the movie is Hollywood land. Um, well, sure. So, I, so I, I kind of, I don't know. I was very, very tense, and I was very with it and on edge. And I still think it's a super effective scene, but there is definitely a little bit of it that took me out of it with maybe some of the absurdity of it mm -hmm. at times. <clears throat> and, like, all right, so uh, take how that lady is up there to begin with, which was Michael Rooker, the the climbing bro, essentially, like, convinced her it's better than sex, so they go up there. She has, like, no skill. Like, she's way out of her league. There's, like, no way she peak in the middle of fucking nowhere. It's like, how the fuck uh -huh. did she get up there? Like, I, yeah. I understand, like, this could have happened, but maybe not there on that specific mountain that you chose because it's very cinematic. And so there's like a lot of these little things that are in my brain mm -hmm. flaring off because I'm a, I'm a stupid person who just can't turn their brain off and enjoy a movie. I'm just like, all right, analyzation time. I'm like the T1000. I are the Terminator. I get that red, red, um, goggle mode and I'm just like zoning in on things, but I don't know. There were, there are a few things that took me out of it. I had literally the exact opposite interpretation of a lot of these things. And it's it's weird. Usually I am the overanalyzer, but for Cliffhanger, because I, I don't know, I knew it was a Hollywood action movie, I was able to easier, like, turn my brain off. I do, th I think that opening scene with the carabiner and, like, it, it like, showing it, like, unwrapping mm -hmm. through all these things, I mm -hmm. thought that did a fantastic job of, like, oh, yeah. elevating that tension because it was zoomed in. On the real closeness, because we knew, like, when we pulled back, like, oh, shit, this is going to be real bad. And I, man, I fucking, I was on board with all that shit. 
It was really working on me. For me, I it guess- was like, it's like a beautiful <laughs> flat earth documentary. I'm like, oh my God, this looks good. And oh, it's shot and edited well. But like what they're saying is bullshit and I cannot buy it. Like I, I understand what you're going for and it's done so well. Like it is. I think honestly, the opening of Cliffhanger is maybe the most effective 10 minutes in the entire movie. And really, it's mm-hmm. it's like, that's all you need. Like, that is your moneymaker <laughs> right there is that. Like, they it's know what they're doing. Like, the way yeah. the lady falls and then is captured six different angles as she's falling from, like, all these horrible ways. It's great. They use a fucking Hans Gruber diehard shot for crying out loud. Like, mm-hmm. they know what they're doing and it's effective as hell. Don't get me wrong. I think, and this is going to be one of my biggest things coming up throughout the rest of this movie, is it's a dumb, dumb, dumb script. And the script and the dialogue specifically are written by people who don't know what the fuck they're doing. It's funny that you bring that up, too, because, as I said, I've suspended my disbelief for a lot of this movie because uh, if you really pay attention... For about half the movie, they're outside in the freezing cold and there's no frost on their (laughs) breath at all because it's very obviously a soundstage. Sylvester Stallone is fucking shirtless and he's not freezing, (laughs) shivering, or there's no moisture on his breath at all. And then other times they are actually outside and you see that shit. I can suspend my disbelief for that. But there's this fucking scene when he comes back to his girlfriend wife at the horse ranch for the first time and... Dude, the fucking, that whole conversation is the worst thing ever written. <clears throat> and I was just, it's real. That one took yes. me out of it. Yeah. I'll tell but, you too. It's also <clears throat> real kind of shitty in today's day and age looking back. I'm on burp. I just said, all right. It's real shitty in today's day and age looking back at that scene too, because Sylvester Stallone, for all intents and purposes, has PTSD. He just fucking lost somebody uh, like and it's like fucking grappling with this and like he's just getting griefed by somebody for not manning up and getting over it Uh and she's just being like honestly really kind of a super insensitive asshole uh it's real weird it's so weird but like back then i guess it was kind of fine this is the norm but like with today's like modern view it's like yeah that's what a dick this lady's a dick I had this thought when I was watching this movie this time. What this movie reminded me a lot of, and if Laura was on the show, she would probably agree with me, is a lot of these like cheaper, really quickly written dime store novels that are just like like a Clive Barker, not Clive Barker, Clive Russell books and oh, like uh, sure. John Grisham, like this mm-hmm. shit that it's just like. It's, it's going to go and to get to places, and it's just going to, like, plot driven along. It's not going to be oh, yeah. fantastic. I'm sorry. It's not going to change describing, life. You're describing <clears throat> 90s action movies. <laughs> that's, mm-hmm. that's, that, that's the 80s action movies formula. Exactly. They, they are formulaic. They, they're exactly what they are. You know what you're getting. That's this. You're, you're right. Because they, really, in this movie... None of that shit matters. It it does a nice job of actually setting up uh, this character for Sylvester Stallone. He doesn't really do much with it at all. No, yeah. It's, and, and they like, try to do shit with it. But of course, again, what we're really here for is the action shit that we do get. 
Which is what an action movie is. You go to an action movie for the action. But I'm... All right. Allow me to be pedantic because what the fuck? We're talking about a movie. So we're being pedantic anyway. Yeah. Uh, this is one of the, one of the times where I look at Sylvester Stallone in a movie and I'm like, you're not, you're not the right type for this role. Like you're miscast. Absolutely not. You're horribly miscast here. Like he is the right pick for a lot of roles. Even like some of the bad movies that don't work he's in. Like he's still a good fit for those roles. This one is, it's not him. It is not him for this. This is, you need somebody somebody like Timothy Oliphant or something like Somebody with charisma. So, mm-hmm. shit, I just had the point I was going to make. Hugh Jackman. Somebody who can Hugh, be, like, grizzled yes. and, like, hurt. and But also, like, not like they're fucking jacked and go to the gym every day. Because, like, he doesn't necessarily even have, like, the, the body the, the body for the rock climber build either. Like, he it just doesn't have the right look. He doesn't have the right Dude, kind of demeanor. He is demeanor way too fucking swole up to be a rock climber. He yeah. is way too jacked. Yeah. Way yeah, it's almost like a Saturday Night um, Live skit. Like, hello, fellow body yeah. rock climbers. Uh, it it well, just doesn't fit. All right, so I know that you and I both have seen that documentary of that dude free climbing. Uh, uh, free in solo. Yeah, yeah, free solo. So, like, that dude is tiny and sinewy. And, like, that's what Sylvester Stallone would... The amount of energy yep. he would burn up... To extend all those muscles, he could not climb up a mountain face. Mm-hmm. Absolutely not. He'd burn out so fast they'd be burning. He'd drop. Yeah. Uh, Plus, it's more weight for you to carry. Like they're exactly. all about That's like what I'm saying. lightweight yeah. shit. Like you've got so much muscle, you're dragging. Fuck that. <laughs> <clears throat> but uh, it is set like so. His climbing double uh, died shortly after this movie finished filming. Doing what? Doing free solo uh, stuff? Or? No, I think it was like a motorcycle accident. Oh, that's, a, that's unfortunate. Because I thought that guy did a fucking great job. Uh, yeah. He, he was apparently as swollen as Schwarzenegger, or they did some sort of camera trickery to make him look as swollen. Um, hmm. I also wanted to point out, this. you know, this movie ties into last year's sort of thing. Because it's directed by the same guy. Oh, Rennie Harlan. Harlan. Yeah, Die Hard 2. Die Hard 2. So, um, we can kind of flip back with that a little bit later. Uh, the the drop in the beginning. I wanted to mention this again. Because it's I, I have facts about this movie. Because I looked some up. Alright. Uh, they couldn't Blame. get the drop right at the beginning. So, they eventually had to like... Her hand is, like, super greased up in Vaseline. And even then, like, apparently Stallone's grip was so fucking strong and firm that, like, it almost yeah. still didn't work right. Cause... Some bullshit. Yeah, like, the way yeah. this stuff was going down, it's like, there's no way. <laughs> yeah. There's no fucking way. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the physics of it, it, it's, oh, my God. I'm sorry. Keep going with your fact. We'll get into stuff later. No, that's really it. That was the last okay. one. Uh, I love that yeah. you're still breaking down the uh, the fall scene. Well, they the fall say, scene make, then leads into well, many other things because then Michael Rooker's character holds a grudge against Sylvester Stallone for like the dumbest fucking reason, which makes no sense logistically. Else. But like, yeah. it's your fault because you ran out there real quick and you fucking hot gunned it. But like, she was gonna fall because it was a fucking time thing anyway. And Rooker's idea was like, 
hey, hold up a minute while I sit here and put my gear on and get out there. Like, that's going to fucking be quicker than Sylvester Sloan just going out there and at least trying. It like, just, it's just so again, stupid. It's dime pulp store novel shit. It's the fake conflict so that they can bond again in camaraderie over it these. Is. It's, it is, it's such basic shit because we don't care about that. We're here for this action scene, which takes us to our next one on this fucking airplane, which was at the time, one of the craziest stunt scenes ever filmed. And the stuntman, huh. I think requested like a million dollars to do that plane to plane transfer. Cause that was done for real from a plane to a plane over fucking like Colorado. I he thought it, it might have been a real person, but I wasn't sure if it mm-hmm. was just somebody like on green screen in like a wind tunnel or something. Nope. That was real. for real. He did it one time and like wow. he couldn't get into the door and that's why they like cut and cut yeah. to a close up on the sound stage of him getting in. Hmm. Well, I will but- say that was a very, very impressive scene. Um, action scene wise. And what I loved. I don't know the the character's name. I call him Agent Bill. But Agent Bill is the guy who is actually good. No, he was the good guy. He was the good one who tried to report that the plane was going slow, who then gets shot, and then his hand stepped on. We find out he's still alive. Oh, and then he comes back. And then he comes back and actually gets shit done. Like I was rooting for this dude. He was yeah. awesome. He was like he honestly, he was the Bruce uh the Bruce Willis diehard character. He was the John McClane of this movie. And That's this very the point brief I scene. To I love so, like, it. All right, so Cliffhanger needs a Bruce Willis caliber character because in Die Hard we sympathize with Bruce Willis. We sympathize with John McClane. We 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 get it. We are empathetic with the struggles he goes through. We don't give a shit with Sylvester Stallone. I think part Agreed. of it, too, is maybe because he is so jacked, he's not the everyman nope. but like Bruce Willis is in that movie. Like At no point do you fear for his safety or, like, he has, like, if it ever comes to fisticuffs with Lithgow, come on. Who the fuck do you think's going to win? Like, there's there's no contest there. Yeah, I agree. I completely agree. It's, it's just so not even... And that's that's the big difference that I and that's the point I wanted to make earlier and I forgot and I was like fuck there was this point that was it like Bruce Willis and Die Hard they make you care about John McClane I don't care about Sylvester Stallone in this movie I mean I just want to see him I'll take your point and I'll go one step further not only do they need a Bruce Willis they need they need a fucking um, Hans Gruber I think these are some of the the worst henchmen of all time like they they are the epitome of like don't work in a group and like you at no point do you ever question like it's not like i wonder if anybody's going to betray john lithgow it's just a matter of time when somebody fucking betrays john lithgow with how it's run everybody is like caged but up like, and ready to fight nobody each did other betray john lithgow that's the craziest part everybody was so scared of him no but none of them did betray him the bald man tried to several times the bald agent he, did. he only but he, he got crazy. The, but John Lithgow got the better of him. Like he was yeah. gonna go betray him at the plane, but then he went and shot like the lady because like that's the other trick. Like John Lithgow, let me tell you what. All right, I think John Lithgow is one of the worst fucking movie villains I've seen in a long, long time. 
I don't think he is menacing. I don't think he's threatening. His accent's all over the fucking place. <laughs> it he is only, really all over the place. He only serves to like do an action. This is this is this is like fucking take a shot. Anytime John Lithgow walks into frame, does an action, and then makes a corny joke or a witticism that's supposed to make him seem like smarter than everybody else or like really witty, but it's not witty shit. It's what like your fucking dumb cousin would think is witty or like your or somebody who just went to like, I don't know, their first comedy club and heard somebody else tell a joke and then repeat that joke. That's John Lithgow level wit in here. Like it's not Hans Gruber who's like out outwitting people. Like so many times I was like, oh, this movie's like, Die Hard on a Cliff. And like when um, Sylvester Stallone and Michael Rooker go up for the first time and they're going to intercept the rest, the, the SOS call, which are the bad guys. I'm like, oh my God, they're going to do it. They're going to have like them pretend to be like the good guys and get help and use these people to go get the cash and like brilliant. That's great. Like they're doing the Die Hard bit. And then immediately, like, John Lithgow and everybody pulls a gun, and they're just, like, aggressive dicks. And, like, that's their energy for the rest of the movie. There's no turn. There's nothing any... There's nothing different. And, like, Die Hard works because those villains go through fucking phases. Because Hans Gruber is interesting at many different levels. He is not only, like, a brilliant mastermind, but he has, like, the, the chance to, like, act and go undercover and, like, fool Bruce Willis and get close. And that's scary. There's none of that in this movie. John Lithgow is your fucking mustachio twirling Bond villain who just shoots extras to prove a point, shoots other people to prove a point, and then makes dumb fucking one-liners. That's it. That's it. Ad nauseum. I, I hated him. Boom. I didn't hate him. I thought, again, much like a lot of the other things in this movie, he was fairly generic. I wouldn't say he was mustachio twirling. He was very Bond villain-esque, but very generic Bond villain-esque. And the fact that, yeah. like, he didn't even really do anything threatening. It was very... He was an exposition villain, which is what I don't like. He didn't do anything. It was all the mystique that people said that he did do. Like, when we're first really introduced to what he is, it's these two FBI agents that show a folder to the guy. And they're like, he's the biggest diamond thief in the international circles ring. And everybody well, yeah. knows who this dude is. Like... It's just exposition dump. That's villain. because like, they don't show you him doing exactly. anything. He, that's what he I'm only saying. that's yeah. what I'm saying. He only shoots exactly. people, which is like what every fucking villain does. It's nothing special, mm-hmm. it's nothing anything. And then he makes a quip. Like what you do nothing. You're nothing. It's it's all of them are. It's the generic action movie scene where like so many times, so many things in this movie would have ended had the bad guys fucking Work pulled together. the trigger. Anytime, not not even work together. So many times they have guns pointed at these dudes dead to rights, and they're like, "Oh no, I'm gonna fight you with my bare hands because you're Sylvester Stallone with gigantic muscles, but I can beat you up." Uh, All the time, this shit happens. The dude with Michael Rooker, he has him with a shotgun. He has to kill him. What does he do? He pretends to be a soccer player. No, 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 no. There's a reason. There is a reason for this. Because he taunts him. No, no, no. It's not because he taunts him. Because he has to keep it fucking quiet because they're hunting Sylvester Stallone. He says, don't use your gun. Keep it quiet. And that's when Michael Rooker shoots him with a shotgun. Like, you get the shot of the other guy going like, I told him to fucking keep it quiet. Like, he's upset because he was not supposed to use a gun to alert Sylvester Sloan somebody was near. What is bullshit 
is immediately afterwards when you set up these stakes to have that guy who's upset at the other guy for shooting the gun then unload a clip at a fucking rabbit who has a sensor rabbit, on right? it just yeah. to show like what what is the point and then to not like kill the rabbit to have the like the rabbit's okay and then that's it oh, like no. what is the point of this because <laughs> because in the original cut the rabbit died of and course the test it did. audience were so upset Sylvester Stallone paid for $100,000 out of his own pocket to show the rabbit surviving later. Stupid. That's a waste of Sylvester Stallone's money, and he shouldn't have had to do it. That's bullshit. That's stupid. And honestly, when that rabbit popped back up, I groaned. I'm like, this is a fucking cartoon movie. That's stupid. That's exactly why, because the test audience hated it. That's That's another fact you can have. Ta-da! But yeah, well, uh, honestly, there's why. no need for it, to be honest. Like, what they should have done is remove that scene altogether. Because, again, it breaks the logic that that character just set up in the previous scene. This is why... This is why I don't do, like, 90s action movies and 80s action movies. Because, <laughs> like, they don't even follow the fucking rules they set up. Like, sometimes you well, just... There's no logic. And I get spoiled because I watch Die Hard. I'm like, Die Hard's so smart. And, like, they really think about this shit. Cliffhanger, they don't think about this shit. They they want to get the scenes good. And the scenes are good. But They wanted to get get the movie going. And again, if you notice at the beginning of the movie, they say this movie is based on an original premise by this dude. So that means like Mm. some dude pitched some idea. And then this was probably rewritten in Hollywood fucking grinder houses by like probably 30 different writers and churned out. And then Stallone got a hold of it and had his guys rewrite it. And then he reshot the bunny scene and everything is just, <laughs> you know, it's again, it's mass market appeal. It's what is going to get the most butts in seats. Sylvester Stallone, big explosions, dudes getting killed, gunfights. Some I pretty thought crazy about action this. scenes. Yeah. All right. So as this movie was climaxing. And it climaxes for a long time. Like, I thought this movie was going to end a lot sooner than it did. Like, the climax Mm -hmm. goes on for a while. I was thinking, everything you just said is correct. Like, they are going for that four-quadrant mass appeal thing. And I get it. Like, I don't Mm -hmm. harsh on that. Like, because I'm Mr. MCU. I'm the Marvel movies. And Marvel movies are nothing but, like, four-quadrant appeal, right? But I was like, what? what is the difference? Why can I not get past it here? And I do think, like, right now, the MCU movies kind of do something a little bit different each time. And they do try to subvert expectations or do something to tweak the mold. And I think maybe, maybe, I cannot properly judge Cliffhanger because I do not know well enough, like, what came around, like... I don't know if Cliffhanger was subverting, like, expectations or the the generic formula or mold for the time. Like, I don't know what it was properly in context. But, like, I do know from somebody looking at this as a movie on its own, out of context, out of the, the time period that it's from, like, this script dumb. This script real dumb. So this script real let dumb. Let me also put on my amateur analysis hat of what I assume and think has happened and compare the two things that you just brought up, i.e. the MCU of now compared to the cliffhanger of 1993. And I think the biggest difference we have is 20 plus years of data collection of what moviegoers enjoy, which makes the mass appeal of the MCU 
so much more effective because they know what works compared mm. to back in 1993 with Cliffhanger, you didn't have these extensive databases, computer generated Ooh. algorithms of what people would like. You just knew what had worked and you tried to make it work again to have the broad appeal blockbuster. Yeah. And I think that's a big part of what is the difference in this big action movie and the refined stuff that we have now. I think we you're have, right. It's yeah. 20 plus years of perfectly refined digital data collection. And that's what makes the mass market appeal work so much more effectively. Much more as you, a we're feedback. Just taking you're right. More risk in 93 than you are now. And that's why, sure, the script doesn't work. But at the time, it was the base that they based things around and it got the job done. It didn't have it's to true. knock the things out of the park because they had Sylvester Stallone. They had big set pieces. It was still going to work broad enough appeal. So. All right. I one. All right. Film analysis. by Perfectly Kyle. said. No, I want to keep going this route because I think this is infinitely more fascinating than talking about like the, the pedantic <laughs> shit we can get into in Cliffhanger. I think you're right. I think that is a very... I, I think there's something to be said about like film now versus film in the 90s and like that slow, slow turnaround on feedback and getting like that worked into the system. Whereas now it's almost instantaneous with like shit. Mm-hmm. Like a trailer comes out. Look at the Sonic, Sonic. movie. Yeah. The Sonic, yeah. As Fuck, fucking... This is terrible. We hate this. We hate this. They changed it. Or what? You snakes on a plane. Snakes on a plane. Yeah. They, they changed yeah. up way before it came out. Yeah. It's, it's you're right you're probably right let me all right is it also too adding to that i think you're right i think maybe also adding to it could be do you think a 30 something 40 year old like us right now going back to like the 90s when this movie came out when cliffhanger came out like the 30 40 year olds back then do you think they even fucking watched as many movies as like you and i do are they subjected to as much like film criticism and like youtube essays and bullshit as we are that's another funny thing that you brought up because again while i try to watch films now suspending my disbelief and coming at them completely neutral that was a thought i kept having in this movie was like one thing again i went to this movie with my dad this movie was marketed to my dad it had sylvester stallone because my dad sees himself as sylvester stallone your dad saw himself as sylvester stallone most of our dads did they wanted to be sylvester stallone i think it absolutely marketed to those guys and it's just weirder as us we identify differently like it i don't know man it's yeah, I don't look at Sylvester. Oh, well, who would be uh, what Channing Tatum? A Channing Tatum would be a Sylvester sure, Stallone nowadays. Maybe I don't look at Channing, Channing Tatum, Tatum and I go like, "Hey, that's me, man." I maybe, see that. But also, not not all right. So it's differently. Not that is me. It's more of a I would like to be that because there is a difference there, and that Channing Tatum is or can be a pretty charming dude. He's oh, he's super he's charming. Funny. Yeah, uh, if you've actually seen like Magic Mike, he is like the most fucking charming dude. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, it's weird. Like, again, I feel my dad wanted to be Sylvester Stallone. Yeah. You know? It's, I get it, yeah. It's the aspirational, like, yeah, why, your role model, why, so to speak. Your role model in film. It's again, so like, yeah. 
I was trying to put it in context today. Like there was Sylvester Stallone was in this movie because my dad would go see it in theaters if Sylvester Stallone was in this movie. And I was trying to think like, man, there ain't no bullshit ass. Like, I don't give a shit who's in a movie. If I think it looks good, I'll go see it. And then I was immediately like, no, I wanted to go see The Dark Knight because I wanted to see Heath Ledger play the Joker. Really? I'm sure. Yeah, that was a big thing to me. I wanted oh, to see that his was Joker. Not, see, I was, I was pretty much, I was exactly what you're saying. I'm like, I don't care whoever's in it. It's Batman. I'm going to go see it. Like, I but, like that character. I'm going to see that character. And again, I'm thinking about all of this while I'm watching Cliffhanger. And then yeah. I was thinking, like, holy shit, I bet back in 1989, it was a huge deal that Jack Nicholson was the Joker. And I bet a lot of people yeah. went to see Batman 1989 just to be like, holy shit, I want to see Jack Nicholson play the Joker. This will be cool. Well, Jack so Nicholson think, was probably like a Heath Ledger at that time, like real art house, yeah, like exactly. powerhouse actor, like would not do schlock. Like, uh, not Adam do this West comic Batman. book bullshit schlock. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And then yeah. he did, and people were like, well, fuck, I'll go see this. What the hell's going on here? So I think it yeah. does work on an effect, too. I, I still think it works, at least Some for of those me. things. The, but the, Sylvester degree, Stallone yeah. was never that. Sylvester Stallone, if we're, like, equating to, like, modern-day people, it would be, like, a Jason Statham. Like, Sylvester That's, Stallone well, and Jason yes. Statham are not, like, top of the top. Like, I wouldn't go see a movie like, oh, my God, Jason Statham is in it. He's going to do a weird performance. or Dwayne The Rock Johnson just because of the body oh. mass alone. I see. Okay. Well, that's if we're talking body uh, mass alone here. Dennis. I don't think I would say. I will say I don't think Sylvester Stallone ever had the charisma or charm that no. Dwayne the Rock Johnson has, and that's where but like Dwayne I don't came think up in different eras. Like he came up through wrestling, which but, is charisma. If it, you don't have charisma, you don't have pop. But and that's why Dwayne I wouldn't say Johnson. That's why I wouldn't say they're the yeah. same because Sylvester Stallone, like as much as I think Cliffhanger tries to be like that four quadrant, like it's still very much like that machismo fantasy bullshit. And I don't know how much you're going to get yeah. like the female audiences, but like the rock can pull in fucking females and kids. Like he is that four quadrant star. Sylvester Stallone, I think <clears throat> I tries and isn't because he has the charm that like an earlier Bruce Willis would have, or uh, as you yeah, said, Hugh Bruce Jackman, Willis. I, and Hugh Sylvester Jackman Stallone isn't Bruce Willis fucking crush in a cliffhanger remake right yeah. now, dude. I'm just, he would fucking carry that yeah. shit. So good. My hey. point, my point is, no, no disrespect due to the the person I just interviewed, but Stallone is not in a class that everybody you just mentioned is. He is in the Absolutely class below not. that, or maybe even below that second class. Like he but is, he's, he's not that royalty class. because his action movies made up. He's action movie, but like it's Chuck mm-hmm. Norris. But like Chuck Norris is also like not somebody Chuck I consider. Chuck Norris never had the shit that Stallone did though. Oh, uh, well, who, all right, whoever you want to take from Expendables. I oh, don't I'm think sorry. any of them in the Expendables are nearly as charismatic as The Rock, as Bruce Willis, as like many of these other people you want to you wanna bring up. I just don't think they are. Jean-Claude Van Damme? Nah, nah, nah. Even Arnold is more, Arnold is the most charismatic. He's probably the closest. Yeah, he's probably yeah. the closest. Him or, it, does Jackie Chan count? Jackie Chan, if he counts, Jackie he's Chan's he's very- close too. He's very, very charismatic. Yeah. Jetly, yeah. not so much. Not no. as charismatic. Nah. He's very rigid. Yeah. Yeah, which works in some roles. We've got on a tangent, but I love fun. it. I know. See, man. We can... I love this shit. I See, this I is the stuff I like. I like this side I stuff. This has been a really good episode, right? I think just overall it's been a pretty good one. Oh, yeah. Let's oh, talk yeah, about absolutely. this and Cliffhanger, man. 
right. can you believe that this uh, mountain range park has so many ancient ass wooden bridges just hanging out? Yeah. And apparently one of them's over a lake at the top of this mountain. Where the fuck did that come from? Huh? Holy shit. Yup. Yeah. It's. <laughs> And, oh, man, there's so many and things about that Sylvester lake And apparently Sylvester Stallone can just hold his breath in freezing water for upwards of a minute, which I don't think any human being can do, but fucking hey, buddy. See, again, yeah. it's suspension of disbelief, man. It's, it's a so lot. It's over it, the top at that point. Yeah, like, see, it, that is superhero-esque. Yeah. Well, that that's is, the thing. That is, that's I. I, yeah. and I think that's that's maybe that's also adding to it too. All right, fuck it. We're going back into this because I'm gonna do it. Whatever. Yeah. We can suspend. We can suspend disbelief much more now because like we we wear that shit literally on our chest with like these bright, flashy fucking costumes. Be like, hey, guess what? This this is a big fucking cartoon, y'all. So like. Whatever it's gonna happen is gonna happen, but like it's fantasy bullshit. Like so, when Captain America does some some shit that defies gravity with his shield, like guess what? It's a cartoon. But we can also it make works. you feel yeah. like Pixar. It don't matter. But like they kind of wear it out there. Whereas this very it's much is like take us seriously, yeah. take us seriously. But then they they do so many boneheaded things, <laughs> and like <laughs> a bolt like, shooting gun like is bullshit. The well, yes, bullet shooting gun does not exist yeah. in any reality yet. Like, that is, like, something and it never that never... Ex- it's so... Yeah, it's impractical. Well, the, well and they, they said many times that, like, uh, this is purely fabricated. I, oh, I yeah. do want to point out, too, if you, if you look in the credits, they say that the black diamond gear that the girl fell with at the beginning was very obviously altered for dramatic effect. They, they say that oh, in yeah. the credits... Otherwise, so, they'd have a fucking lawsuit, I would imagine. Yes. Yeah. Like, how dare you tarnish our name? Because that's what I'd be fucking yeah. upset if I was Black Diamond. But like, mm-hmm. how you motherfuckers, you fucking, you fucking tampered and cut that shit to all hell. <laughs> I think one of the saddest things about this movie, and I feel this is probably at Stallone's insistence. Because saddest, of- huh? As far as I know, well, I mean, I'm probably being overly dramatic, but uh, I feel like the villains as a whole could have gotten more. Uh, I feel they were a bit more of a wild cast of characters, which I would have liked to have seen shine through more. But we obviously focus on Stallone more once he got in control of things. I feel like earlier on in scripts, these guys had a lot more personality that got chopped down so we get all this Stallone time maybe I mean I will give you that I didn't like them <laughs> I I thought like Lithgow I thought they were all super fucking stereotypical in one note and I even asked Laura like I was like it's not racism with this guy who's like soccer kicking this person like clearly the Brit is a, a soccer fan so we're going there it's countryist xenophobic I don't know what it is but I was like, this is the most like on the nose shit you could expect. Like they're they're I think it's one note traits, if anything. Yeah, and, I think it's more like uh they, they, they riff it perfectly and it's always sunny in Philadelphia when Matt keeps referencing that like the bad guy has to be foreign sounding. Uh, it doesn't yes. matter what, but he oh has to be foreign God. sounding. So oh, yeah. and that that is again that's what they're making fun of in that Thunder Gun episode is shit like this in Cliffhanger when all of these bad guys have these horrible British accents. The chick has a terrible one that, again, she turns on and off at will because half the time she sounds American. 
half the time she sounds British. There's the British soccer guy. John Lithgow is British. Who I thought Leon, was like fucking Australian for the longest time. Yeah. Oh, I, that <laughs> accent was all over the place. <laughs> how about, all right, how about the black guy's death? Do you think that was a I mean, little? I will say the black guy is the only one who gets it as hard. And right before he dies, I think like that UK guy says something like you black bastard or something to him. To which I'm like, that's fucking not cool. And then to shove him through the stalactite like that, I'm like, why the fuck he got to die like that? Like, that's fucked up. But then I also thought like, well, honestly, like the only one I'm going to remember is probably the black guy now, too. That is the coolest death in the fucking movie. Yeah, Stallone, everybody like, else is a fucking limp up fart. into a stalactite. It's fucking awesome. Yeah. It's really cool. And then I love yeah. like when he tosses him down and there's like the huge gaping <laughs> hole in the dummy. I was like, fuck yeah, dude. They, they fucking attention. went for it. Yeah. Uh-huh. I, I wish there was more of that. Like, on, in all honesty, I wish they brought that there kind of creativity cool. to like every kill in this. But like there's so many just like lazy deaths. Yeah. Uh, so many fucking deaths in this movie it's are, just, I'm going to throw you off the cliff. Ta-da! Or John Lithgow shooting somebody because he's proving a point. Hey, so, how like, does John Lithgow die at the end? He falls off the fucking cliff. Who would have thought? stupidest way, there is there's a shot as the helicopter is falling Where it's fucking with down. His face yes, and, like, zooms in through the crack. I love it. Loved zooms it. in, and then he like he's like looking to the side, and then he looks down, and then his eyes open wide, like he's just realizing <laughs> what's happening as he's already falling fucking down a mountain. Like you know what's happening. It's the oh, stupidest shit. shot. It's the stupidest. I'm glad so, so again, let's let's talk about suspension of disbelief. One that immediately took me out of the movie because of my familiarity with it is when the two stoner idiot dudes go base jumping and then they're falling like they fucking free fall out of a plane. There's no way a base jump in any part of the world lasts that long. Nowhere. Yep. And yep. they're just like falling like leaning back like, oh, let's have a full conversation, bro. And it's like, no, you have to pull your shoot immediately or you oh, die. That is, so, I am oh, so I glad it. you brought up the stoners. I would be remiss if we did not bring up the stoners because these are some of the dumbest fucking characters and some of the worst, like, uh, clearly 50 year old man who's never smoked, um, writing stoner characters. (laughs) I loved it when they're in the tent and he's like, Hey dude, next time you're watching MTV for four hours, why don't you switch to the weather channel for a little bit? (laughs) That's obviously written by a 45-year-old male writing teenage stoner characters. Oh, man. I hate working. This movie had it all, Ryan. (laughs) It had it all. You just didn't see the forest for the trees. It had it all, dude. It's not... And this is is the thing. Again, (laughs) I admit... There's, like, an art to, like, this bad action movie thing that people love and get and, like, really are into. It's not me. It's just not me. I like I like the Mission Impossibles. I like the the boring play it straight, but do it like real artsy. John Wick, like that kind of stuff. Um, this and, and honestly, sorry, those are like more modern examples. But we'll take it back. Like I think even Lethal Weapon, Predator, Die Hard, like these movies did something very interesting. This is fine at best, insulting think, again, at its worst. <laughs> it's all over it's, the place. It's more of that. Like, they saw, like, hey, Die Hard works. This this other shit works. Let's take that and throw it on a mountain. It's like, insulting that it's from a director of Die Hard. Like, he did direct... He directed Die Hard 2. And too, that's why they and got then that did guy. this. Because they wanted to do that. Oof. They're like, hey, 
I think originally, if I again another trivia, I think the original pitch for this movie was Die Hard on a Mountain. They like wanted to do that. This movie is Die Hard on a Mountain, directed by somebody who didn't understand Die Hard. It's like the people who say they love Boondock Saints and Tarantino. This movie, oh, this movie is is an Eli Roth directed movie. It's like how Eli <laughs> Roth tries to fucking ape Tarantino, but doesn't quite get it. This movie is trying to ape Die Hard, but just doesn't quite get it. And that's what's... it's. So that's something that, let's, let's talk about Die Hard 2. One thing that we also noticed from this director was that, like, it seemed a lot of times, uh, compared to Die Hard 1, the plot just served the purpose to progress the story, whereas it wasn't progress of the story. Like, mm-hmm. things happened in Die Hard 2 just because they needed to, whereas yeah. in Die Hard with a different director, like, and you know, part of that is probably scripting too. And I feel that's why they had this dude on cliffhanger because he'd done this die hard two style. And mm-hmm. this is such a very similar style to die hard two. I think so. As I recall, we were both sort of lukewarm overall on die hard two, right? Like, yeah, I don't know what my score was, but like thinking back, I'd say it's like a solid seven out of 10. Like I really, yeah, I, I enjoyed think, it. It's not great. Yeah. And I feel, overall, that's probably about where you're going to end up on Cliffhanger. I would say a little bit less. I don't think this okay. has... I don't think, one, this has the the charm of Bruce Willis or anybody near. I, I even think Rucker Hauer, in his weird naked jujitsu was more interesting and Rucker fascinating. Uh, it's not. Nope. No, it's not. It's death. It's death from um, Bill and Ted. It's... Yeah, it's... Uh, oh, Mitt. That's not Mickey Rourke either. Who the fuck is it? Cannot think of his name. William. Yeah, it's, William it's Sadler. William, Atherton. William, William Sadler. Atherton. No, William Sadler, dude. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah, William Atherton is the fucking reporter. William yeah. Sadler. William Sadler. It, it does not have, like, the charm of that. So, I, and, and in all honesty, like, I think Die Hard 2 is still. much interesting villain than uh, John Lithgow. I'll yeah. give you that, for and sure. And I think Die Hard 2 is still a much tighter movie, a much better script. I think the, the, the quips are still there. I think it's still really good. Die Hard's, Die Hard 2's biggest sin is that it just rips off Die Hard. And so, like, now I've had the progression of there's Die Hard. Then there's this director who comes in and rips off Die Hard, to which I'm like, okay. And then you do it again, but then it's even less successful with somebody who's less charismatic, with villains who are not as good. I don't think any villain in this this rogues gallery comes close to Die Hard one or two no, villains. And that's what I'm saying. It's like, just it's a watered down version. So like it's not like, a seven. It's even lower than this now for me. Yeah, we have like we have a villain like Carl, like a villain that yeah. is interesting and like we're excited to see stuff happen to compared to these dudes that just get thrown off cliffs left and right and we're just like, okay, that dude's dead. Oh, this yep. dude's got night vision. What's gonna happen with him? Oh nothing. Uh, yeah. he's dead too. It's not a threat. It's all done. So, yeah, I get it. It's uh, it's weird because overall, I think I still, I don't know, I'd maybe rate this a bit higher. You can, and that's yeah. If you wanna, if you wanna come up with the but rating system, we can come up, we can get into it. But like, hey, I, I, before we go into this, I want you to like 
stick to your guns, man. Whatever you were feeling, no, you're I feeling don't. like I'm. Just, yeah, I think this is me. I, like, and yeah, I get it. I don't want to beat you into anything. No, you're not at all. I think I'm just saying that it's it's higher for me because I think it impacted me differently and it didn't pull me out of the story as much as it did you. So overall, I think I had a better time watching it. I still acknowledge the ridiculous now that the fucking dialogue is completely garbage. And overall, I don't think most of the deaths are memorable, although I do enjoy John Lithgow's, but I don't think for the reason that they want me to. Um, It is crazy, again, to make more comparisons to this being Die Hard on a Mountain. It's annoying how much of the fucking dialogue in this movie is given over radio threat. So fucking much. And that's obviously (laughs) trying to play into this drama in Die Hard between Hans Gruber and John McClane. But again, it's just not there with Sylvester Stallone and John Lithgow. We don't fucking care. It's we not even explosions. like scripted yeah. in a way that like makes them like close to ever running into each other's paths outside of the one time like Sylvester Stallone and the the black guy fight. Like it, it's just not there. Like there's a tension in Die Hard with like McLean's <clears throat> path and then the villain's path because mm-hmm. they're in the same building. Putting them in this big open mountain rage immediately it moves that tension that you're going to run into somebody and they try really hard to build it up but it's always convoluted and it never quite works also, there's so many holy fucking fuck. they move across this mountain range so fucking fast dude it's so stupid but again I suspension thought so of disbelief too. i thought so suspension too. of disbelief uh and now giving time i'm glad we padded a little bit i do have i feel the perfect rating system ryan hey. for this movie on a scale out of zero to $100 million in $1,000 bills locked in three different suitcases. But essentially, $100 million. So, $50 million would be halfway. What would you score this movie, Ryan? I would score this out of how many? How many million? $100 million. So, basically... It's a hundred million. Okay. No, no, no. We'll, we'll do this your way. Out of 10. Yeah. Yeah. A yeah, hundred yeah. million. I will give it 55 million and $1. <laughs> 55 so million and $1. Over average. Okay. 5 million and one over to be exact because 50 million would be <laughs> even. So just a little bit. But like this movie was pretty much totaling the line for me between like bullshit and entertaining almost mm-hmm. the entire time. I will not deny that it is very, very well shot. It is mostly well edited, though, even though at like an hour 45, I still think it could trim like 10, 15 minutes and be okay. At um, hour 45? I thought this was hour 56, dude. I think this was a credits. Movie. Credits start at 145. I checked. Did they? And, okay. Yeah. And then it's just like a fuck ton of credits. Like, it's insane. <laughs> there were a the lot of people involved in action movies in the 90s, man. There were a lot of moving parts on this shit. Especially dude, this one with how big budget it was. Stunt? Yeah. Those two plane stunt, dude, I can't imagine. And then you got planes yeah. flying, filming and that shit. That's the other thing I will Woo. say is like this movie, unlike a lot of the other 80s, 90s movies, like they do have a budget and they do use it well. Like there are very, very there impressive sets. There are some set spectacles, scenes. man. Yeah, there absolutely. Some cool shit to see. So. Yeah. So it is, it's an easy way to spend an hour and 45 minutes without hating yourself. But I also don't think it really enriches anything at all, and it doesn't add anything. And if you go your whole life without seeing Cliffhanger, 
so what? You're fine. Mm-hmm. You're completely fine. You're not missing anything. If you've seen Die Hard, you've seen the better version of it. And that's kind of <laughs> why I like, I'm like wow. right in the middle. Damn. It's Damn. just, eh, it's fine. That's a really good way to put it. That's I'm going to be a little bit more generous. I think I'm going to end up around 68 million. Okay. 60, I think it's fair. That's, uh, um, that's fair. I think overall, I really enjoyed Die Hard watching it back again. I will admit probably a good eight million of it is probably nostalgia for me because I did see this in theaters and it was crazy. You also just and said then, Die Hard. Did I? Oh, yeah, well. you did. We know what we're talking about. It's Die we Hard. We know what we all really want. Yeah. <laughs> it is but crazy the Cliff me, Hard what, revisit was good. What the was Cliff Hard. Oh my God. The Cliff Hard. <laughs> We're all broken. We're all broken. Cliff, cliffhanger broke us. <laughs> we're we're an hour deep into recording. Everybody knows we're a little boozy at this point too. Uh, fuck, man! I forget what I was saying now. Goddamn booze. Words. I'm so sorry. Cliff hard. Cliff hard is pretty good uh, overall. And yeah, I wished I could have been here for the Stallone interview. I hope that it lands. Uh, I don't know if it will. I know, honestly, I think it's as much as anybody could do with Sylvester Stallone at this point. I mean, what what does the man have to say, really? It's what you're going to get out of him. He talked about getting pump-ons, and like that's that's about what you would expect. So, I don't know. Uh, well, Ryan, I do got to say, uh, I personally, personally think... Uh, we're getting a big upgrade in action movies and action stars next week. Ayo, I don't remember what it is, but I guarantee it's true after Cliffhanger. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's Predator with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh, oh, yeah. fuck yeah, we are. We're going to maybe so, the pinnacle now that we're out of diehard, good diehard territory. That's not true. We, Vengeance is so good. I don't know how much I'm going to love it, though. I know, I know Predator is up there, though. Predator is a fucking solid movie. I mean, I'll go ahead and throw it out. I haven't watched Predator yet. I will say to me personally, and I have argued this point for a decade, Predator to me, it is my opinion, the absolute perfect 80s movie. It is the perfect action movie. It's the perfect sci-fi. It is a perfect fucking movie. Yeah. I love Predator. I'm so fucking stoked to watch it again. And to talk about this goddamn movie. Uh, that's going to be a fun one, buddy. I'm going to predict, I'm going to think it's like an 8 out of 10. And I'm going to really, really like it, but not love it. I think it's going to be really we'll solid. See. I think we'll it's going to be good. I think it's going to be really good. I hope I'm I not lo- disappointed. I'm pretty sure I watched it about six years ago. I made Mandy watch it for her very first time. See, that's much, so, that's much, much more recently uh, than I've watched I it. I love, I love Predator and it still held up that last time. So I, I have very high hopes that it is going to impact you very well. I will say I, this too. I like Predator too and I like Predators and I've wow. liked a lot of the Predator stuff as well. I don't really I like know. Predator too. So not a lot we'll of see. people do. But I've enjoyed most Predator Predator thing. I've enjoyed most Predator thing I've seen. I've not enjoyed the AVP movies, but every other Predator thing I've enjoyed. Then we're good. We're good, baby. I those are garbage. But like Predators two and then the Lawrence Fishburne Adrian Brody Predators, I really enjoyed that one. I thought that was that's a really good one. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I did not like the Shane Black one. Oh shit! I forgot about that one. That was that one sucked. 
That's that like a cliffhanger for me. That's like everything about this is stupid, really? but like I'm somehow uh, entertained and I don't know why, maybe. but it's so garbage and I hate everything. I don't, yeah. I don't think I could like it at all because of my severe love for the original Predator movie. Man, That's fair. I'm fucking stoked. All right. I think we had a good Ryan, one. I, I really enjoyed this episode. This was a fucking good, good ass, uh, good ass discussion. I thought so too. Yeah, I agree. I'm excited for where the rest of Action Movie December takes us. And until then, everybody, go cliffhang yourself. Ayo! Adios.